Welcome to Sources and Sinks, and I'm your host Alok. You can now get your podcast from Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. Cooking Indian food and anywhere of it's true anywhere in India is a really refined art to be able to handle complex spices that sort of break down and influence foods in so many different ways. Uh, you need to be an artist, a bit of an artist, to be able to actually get a get a good handle on Indian food, and that's why it takes so long to produce a chef who can make good Indian food. Michelin stars are valued not only for the prestige but also because they can contribute to the financial success of a restaurant. Restaurants generally put up their prices after securing a new star. Pierre-Terre saw a 25% increase in revenue after gaining its first star and a 40% increase after its second. Today I will dwell on a very important topic, that's food. And specifically I will focus on Indian and Asian cuisines and their near absence in the business of fine dining. It's specifically Michelin star ratings um, in the US, Europe and non-Asian world. And for this podcast I will anchor on Indian cuisine purely as a matter of familiarity. Also I focus on Michelin star ratings. Uh, however, the point generally applies to how globally fine dining ratings operate. So over the years, I have discussed this topic in many, many settings with friends, family, and broadly the discussion has followed a set question and answer format. And the first question usually is, uh, what's the fish you all about? Alok, what's the first? So let's take some background. Michelin star rating started in 1926 as an extension of French Mission Tire Company. Initially, it was a simply a single star rating of a good restaurant, but then it quickly galloped to award one, two, and three star ratings. Something they continue to do till even today. Uh, it started in France and quickly expanded to colonies of Imperial France, followed by Belgium and then to many other countries around the world. As of today, there are a total of 12 Michelin-starred Indian restaurants, 11 of them are Michelin single-star, and only one of them is a Michelin two-star restaurant, uh, namely Taj Campton in San Francisco. So, one would ask, how many of these Michelin-star Indian restaurants are actually in India, the country of the birth of Indian cuisine? Uh, the answer might surprise you, a grand total of zero. Yeah, zero. Next 
question of course that comes to me is why so low? So one has to understand a background of Mistin first. So Mistin is a French tire company and Mistin ratings largely operate in countries where Mistin is a leader in tire business in that country. Moreover, a Mistin is a French company and their food appreciation guides has deep French roots. The judges historically and even today, many of them are French or they are largely French influenced and that has disproportionate impact on rating outcome. So let's take this year's guide actually. Out of 2,635 Michelin star restaurants, till the point I counted it from the Michelin guide of this year, uh, around the world, as of 2020, 626 are located inside France and 232 restaurants that represent French cuisine outside of France. So an astonishingly 33% of the restaurants in Michelin star uh, list are inspired by French honor. In addition, I mean Japanese cuisine that is considered very close to French in its presentation plating and preparation ideals and you will see that how it has also has an abnormal impact on the ratings. So there are almost 400 plus Michelin star rated restaurants just in Japan and there are 79 Japanese cuisine restaurants outside of Japan. And if you combine the Japanese and French cuisine themed restaurant numbers, you are looking at 50% of restaurants of the Michelin overall list. So just to emphasize this point again, 50% of the restaurants in the Michelin overall list are either French or Japanese. And in fact, there are barely 10 Chinese restaurants and just 12 Indian restaurants out of this grand list of 2,635. 35% of the world population is represented by 0.8% on Michelin star rating list. Let me repeat that again. 35% of the world population has less than 0.8% representation on Michelin rating. So at this point of time, there is in general some shock, but then there is a defensive questioning. Maybe French cuisine signifies the greatest cuisine experience that we have. And generally I will respond first by saying, look, this is subjective. Yes, you might be conditioned to think that way. And for a lot of people that is their reality. But the answers are actually rooted in the notions of what we call as high culture. High culture is something that defines the inspirational cultural aspects related to food, music, dance, art, fashion, etc. Historically and in the present times, the upper and ruling crust of any society sets the norm of high culture. Culture of the rulers and the ruling class is the high culture. What they propagate becomes the mission of the masses. What they appreciate becomes aspirational for the masses. To unpack the high culture aspect for French food, something what we're discussing, one has to step back into the history. So Michelin star ratings were born in 1926 in France. Before the Second World War, all things French were indeed the high culture of ruling imperialist. 
even if they were British or Spaniards, they looked towards French, specifically for the nuances of art, cuisine, and fashion. This was the context of birth of Michelin ratings, and this is what it has reflected, at least so far. Post-war, the European cultural elites continued to define the high culture of the West and by extension of the world, and that actually remained true till the late 1990s. In the beginning of early 2000s, the power center, I'm talking about the economic power center, continued to move away from the European-American-led world to a world co-lived with the aspirations of Asians, that's Indians and Chinese predominantly. So while Asian historically did aspire for the high culture of the West, specifically in the luxury segment, now with the rising prosperity, they began to travel and settle around the world and gradually settled to form a high culture notion of their own, specifically in the area of fine dining or in general high culture cuisine. So at this point of time, the question is, you talked about French, but what's the high culture or fine dining for Indian food? So I may not go deep into what fine dining means, but I will generally focus on how the Indian cuisine system is so different from a French cuisine system. And that actually one has to examine so that one understands why both cuisines cannot be compared at by the same person by the same parameters. So for example, to an Indian, uh, the plating presentation of the cuisine is secondary, something which is an ideal for a French or a Japanese cuisine system. In fact, an Indian is looking for the three formulation, zaika or taste, aroma and digestivity. So his or her gastronomic influence comes from the richness and the diversity of Indian cuisine. Contrast with French notions of fine dining could not be more different. So let's take an example. I mean, Indians are heavy on breakfast and have a special cuisine just dedicated for breakfast experience. For French, however, breakfast is usually the lightest food. French food is largely based on meats. Indian food has one of the largest diversity in the world of vegetarian food. French keep their meats medium cooked or even eat raw. Uh, on the other hand, Indians will cook thoroughly and will aim for a gravy spicy experience. French will keep the vegetable in an original shape. Indians will go for finely cut vegetables. Indians will go for whole or grounded spices as the fundamental of the dish. On the other hand, French will use aromatic herbs to add to that experience. So you get the point I'm trying to make here. I mean, Indian food in fact breaks almost the most sacrosanct of flavor theory rules of western cooking as per a research study conducted very recently indian cuisine is designed with almost no matching molecular pairs causing that riot of taste and culinary experience it is known for so ultimately in my view an indian is always looking for the nostalgia of his her her roots searching for that street, village, and town of his childhood in his Arford experience, even if he or she is sitting thousands of miles away. These are formative, deep cultural experiences that are translating into the definition of high court food culture for global Indians, and if I may, even for global Chinese. 
In fact, if you have been to China recently, you can distinctly see how Chinese break the baked in ideas of fine dining. So at this point of time, the question comes, so what's the whole point you're trying to make? Uh, and the point I'm trying to make is what happens to the business of fine dinings and ratings? Is something going to change? So it's going to change because if, if in practice, if you look at the food ideals of a global Indian and Michelin judge, I mean, that's something we have been discussing for a while now. They live in two different cultural contexts and it shows. If you pick up the crowdsource rating of Indian cuisine in any city on TripAdvisor, even for a fine dining experience, you would rarely find a Michelin star rated restaurants on the top list. Just look at New York. Top rated Indian fine dining restaurant in New York City is called Indian Accent, while the top Michelin rated restaurant barely makes the cut and at the bottom of the list. So in general, an Indian finds Indian food in Michelin strongly actually Frenchified to impress the Michelin judge, but the Indian actually is not very impressed with the food and he's losing out on that uniquely Indian aspect that is so much desired by the Indian audience. So long story short, in my belief, the mission rating system and in general, the fine dining experience is fundamentally broken for Indian food experience. And as far as I know, even for Chinese food experience. So clearly a business opportunity exists for a new fine dining standard that caters to a world that is looking for cultures outside of the European system. So with that, I hope you have enjoyed this episode of podcast sources and sinks. I will be back with the next episode pretty soon. Till then, take care and thank you. For